The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So today is the fifth day, fifth talk on the ten paramis. And these ten paramis, perfections, qualities of character, are one of the values of them is that they uh, really intend to bring our practice into the wholeness of our life. Sometimes it's easy to focus just on meditation practice and to hear the teachings of Buddhism, the teachings of, of uh, all through the, the kind of vantage point of just how it relates to my meditation. For some people, Buddhism is mostly a meditation practice. And that's fine. Meditation is fantastically useful. But the opportunity is to expand out practice to include our whole life. In fact, one of the turning points for me in my own practice was uh, I was meditating twice a day, morning and evening for 40 minutes each time. And uh, it was very meaningful for me to sit that way. And I felt a feeling of uh, integrity, authenticity, wholeness that I had not been familiar with before in my life. And then one day I realized that why do I have those feelings of wholeness, integrity, authenticity only in meditation? Isn't the line between meditation and non-meditation in my life kind of an arbitrary line? Why don't I have those in my life as well? And, um, and that was the beginning of my expansion of the practice out into my life. And then for years, the really kind of the, I would say, the inspiration to deepen and engage in Buddhism more and more uh, and meant, meant going to live in monasteries and practices and really go was not so much to go deep in meditation, but to find a way to expand what was happening in meditation into my daily life. So that, that those fe- it wasn't so much to become a Buddhist as it was to allow the goodness, the integrity, the wholeness, the freedom that I was discovering in meditation to discover how that can exist in my whole life everywhere I went. So these paramis are part of this whole life endeavor of Buddhist practice. And, um, and now we come to the fifth quality, which is <clears throat> uh, virya, is the Pali word, B-I-R-I-Y-A. And um, <clears throat> it's uh, generally translated into English as effort. <clears throat> An effort maybe is a nice kind of compromise word uh, or a, a, middle, a middle way word for all the different ways it, can <clears throat> it has been translated into English. And maybe I'll explain that as I go along here. Um, and, um, and this virya has um, an interesting etymology in Pali and Indian languages, and that it comes from the word hero. And uh, hero is, uh, so it's kind of, has a connotations of heroic effort. Now I'm very aware that for English-speaking audience, especially in the United States, because of cultural, sociological conditionings we have, the word effort uh, can give the wrong connotations and it can feel like kind of excessive work or striving or pushing, too much involvement of self 
in it. And now we talk about heroic effort, and it's even worse for some people. But a friend of mine told me yesterday how, in uh, talking a little bit about this word virya and connected to uh, heroic, and uh, she pointed out and how that uh, nowadays we consider a lot of people who've been for years have been going to work day in and day out without maybe much of this seeing as heroes uh, are continuing to do this and now there are heroes. People in the medical professions and first responders who are uh, really working with in the forefront on the, of um, the uh, COVID-19 epidemic we have and working in the hospitals and putting their own lives at risk, some of them actually dying. And we really appreciate their heroic effort, what they're doing there. So this word virya, heroic effort, uh, is kind of the connotations about this. And there is, in fact, an heroic aspect or, you know, tremendous effort uh, that's, that can go into really deciding not just to do some meditation practice, where we have to be very careful about the kind of effort we make, but a kind of effort to really make this practice uh, fill our whole being and really fill our lives to take the fullness, the potential of this and see that this is not only about uh, stress reduction or relaxing or being kind of some open and peaceful and but this is not only is a is something that this practice is a freedom that's meant to be total, full and then expanding outwards in circles beyond ourselves into the world itself. The Buddha was heroic in his efforts to teach, his efforts to practice. Imagine, uh, he didn't have any manual, book, teachers, audio dharma, to, uh, to learn something about meditation and practice, and he had no one to practice with for the, what he was going to discover, his freedom. And uh, he talks about it going against the current of popular culture of his time, what he was doing. And he discovered something. He discovered the depth, psychological heart depth of freedom, of release, of goodness, the paramis, the, the kind of a full flowering of the human potential in a certain spiritual way. And was he heroic in doing that? And are we the, the recipients of that heroic effort? Um, maybe. So as a parami, effort follows <clears throat> wisdom. And this is the protection for effort because the idea is to have wise effort. And the idea of wise effort in Buddhism is, um, is to, very simply it says, is to avoid effort which is unwholesome or unskillful but to engage in effort which is wholesome or skillful. And one way, and I kind of translate this into modern English, is to avoid the effort which is not helpful, but engage in the effort which is helpful. Now, how do we know what effort is helpful and not helpful? And this is also something I've seen in myself and also in people I've talked to, a strong tendency to want to have or, or to have a, a singular definition or understanding of what effort is and then measure everything everything against that one idea of what it is. 
But in fact, effort is something that changes all day long. The amount of energy the amount we apply to what we do, uh, what the, uh, the endeavors we're involved in, um, the amount of effort we put into those endeavors, the amount of energy we put into it, is, um, is quite variable. And, um, and we, we're constantly adjusting and changing the energy level, the effort level that we're doing. And in a sense, for Buddhist practice, there's never going to be a final, perfect, on-the-mark effort, energy level we make. We're always adjusting and changing through the day, through the days, weeks, months, years. We're always finding it. And part of helpful effort is this finding of right effort, which becomes second nature. So it's not so self-conscious. In the same way that someone riding a bicycle is constantly shifting and changing the amount of energy they apply themselves to making effort. Uh, Bending on on their hill, going uphill, downhill, whatever's going on. And for good bicyclists, it's kind of second nature to adjust and change. Um, But the same thing with Buddhist practice. It's the constant kind of becomes second nature to know when to make strong, strong effort and when to make almost no effort at all and everything in between. Now the word energy is, an, is a, sometimes a very nice translation of virya, but energy does not, Im, does not uh, say anything about what we're doing. And the virya, the right effort, also has an implication of, of, of knowing what to do. The endeavor, particular endeavor that we're, we're engaged in the right eightfold path factor is right endeavoring, and um, and the Buddha says something like, if you take a um, something like if you take a um, a, a piece of gravel, a, a, a rock, and no matter how hard you squeeze it, you will not get oil out of it. To get oil out of, you have to squeeze the olive, and then you'll get oil uh, coming out. So the idea that making a lot of effort for the wrong thing is not helpful. So what is the helpful thing to do? And again, as I said, this comes from wisdom. Wisdom teaches us that um, how not to be harmful, how not to add stress, how to uh, understand where freedom is, where uh, letting go of clinging is, we're letting go of selfishness and self-consciousness is, and to engage in an effort to keep opening uh, to uh, a way of engaging and working and being in the world that doesn't have a lot of selfishness or a lot of self-consciousness, self-preoccupation, self-measuring, both in positive ways and negative ways, to engage in effort that's not greedy or not pushing or striving, uh, but still to engage, to make effort. And But what's the effort we make? Um, there's so many different kinds of endeavors we do. And one of the most powerful ones we can do is the continuity of in- simply inclining ourselves to the, the freedom the teachings of freedom, the, the, the practices of freedom 
that Buddhism is about. The difference between someone living an ordinary household life and work versus someone living in a Buddhist monastery is not so much they have lots more time to practice, but rather the context of the monastery puts them in the inclination, in the reminder about the values and the possibility of freedom and thinking in dharmic dharmic ways um, throughout the day. That doesn't take a lot of effort, but you're just constantly there and being reminded, being reminded. To live a life where we're simply inclining throughout the day towards freedom, towards the Dharma, to kindness, towards mindfulness, it doesn't necessarily require a lot of self-conscious effort. It's just to be reminded over and over and over again. That's one example of effort. And, um, And exactly what that heroic effort is, as I said, changes, but it's supposed to be wise effort. And the more we become wise by really learning a lot from the, the fourth parami, the more the efforts we make are onward leading or liberating or, and are a delight so that we love, it's just so happy. It's, I don't know if it's uh, reasonable to say, but sometimes the effort feels like play. It feels like, uh, you know, it's just a, in the playground of the Dharma. And there's a lot of energy that's put into it, but it's energy of play rather than the energy that obstructs or strains or gets tight or exhausting. And I hope that uh, you will consider your relationship to effort, the ways in which the word effort maybe points to what you know gets in the way of practice, is not helpful. And what you know about effort that is actually helpful and meaningful and maybe even a kind of play, something you delight in, enjoy, and feels really good to get in the flow of just really doing it and being carried along. May you um, make wise effort. And part of wise effort is to understand your relationship to effort and free it from all the ways in which effort is a hindrance. So, thank you very much and I'll see you on Monday and um, 